Bunnies will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle-busting benefits with great odds, more markets, and same-game multi every NRL match at Palmer Bed. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Well, welcome to 387 of Fergo on the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRP. Join me as always, it's the Glorious League Freak. You can also find me on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? Going really good, Andrew. I watched uh, Jackass Forever this evening. Ah, uh, how was it? It was pretty good. It wasn't as good as the third one, but it was still pretty good. How many testicles got destroyed? Oh, oh. Well, are we talking individually or by a set? I'm assuming all was the answer. There's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, yeah I'm not surprised. Um, speaking of jackasses. Yes. Um, the media's been going crazy because two players decided to play poker machines before 10 p.m. Yeah, and, and like they went home before, actually, before 10 p.m. Yeah. Look, uh, Andrew, I just think that it shows that they've got uh, – no interest in playing rugby league and they just are disrespecting the club and the game and humanity, really. I mean, that's the only way that you could look at it. That's right. It's um, It was interesting, though, to hear that um, some of the – we'll call them journos. Mm-hmm. Why not? Um, who were breaking this story and all for the um, belief that it's actual in news. Mm-hmm. Well, also suggesting that if they had have won, this wouldn't have been an issue at all. So they're yeah. trying to say that poker machines are the reason why the West Tigers constantly lose games. Yeah. It, I, well, it's got me thinking that maybe here's the solution, mm-hmm. and that is the West Tigers get a rigged poker machine yeah. that always pays out, and then all of a sudden, undefeated premiers. Where's the fault in that logic? Well, you know what they really need to do is just uh, they need to turn some vending machines into poker machines. Oh, that's something more for Super League, surely. Yeah, well, Make yeah, some extra coin. That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's for Super League. That's 30% of their revenue. That's exactly right. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I've, I've got some breaking news. Mm-hmm. I saw, I uh, swear to God, I saw Ryan Pappenhausen brushing his teeth at 10.05 p.m. yesterday. So, storm of fucked. Well, it's all over for the storm. They had that's a good their run. season. Yeah, yeah. The weird um, thing is that these players, right, and, and it's a thing with professional athletes that sometimes gets forgotten about, is that if a footy game ends at 10 o'clock, you've got to be at your physical peak still at 10 o'clock, and then you've got to cool down from the game. You've got all of the functions that the club has and stuff like that. Like, footy players would be lucky to get out of a stadium by 11, and you know, they're, they're, they're wound up at night. They just are because they've been playing, you know, one of the most physical sports in the world. You don't just switch off and go to sleep. So their days are geared towards being able to be up and playing between like 3 o'clock in the afternoon and up to about 10.30 at night. So for a footy player to be up late, it's just their, it's their day. It's the way their days are structured. Is 10 o'clock late? No, it's not for me. I mean, we don't start recording podcasts until after 10 o'clock. 
Well, look at it. It's twelve past ten for uh, it's twelve past ten for us, and yeah. this is one of the earliest times we've been recording for very much so. Uh, yeah, for ages. So, uh, you know, it's just the problem is there hasn't been too much off-field news. So they've the the journalists, and I use that as a slur, they <laughs> haven't been able to write about too much. So they've been writing about what they've been talking to each other about, and then one of them saw two players playing the poker machine at a, a club, and that was it. It was like, yeah, oh, it, these are the worst people in the world. Is it funny that um, I think the journal who broke it was Phil Rothfield, probably one of the biggest punters there is out there? Yeah, yeah. Um, what was he doing at 10 o'clock? Because I'm sure it was him that saw him. He was probably sitting on the poker machine next to him. Probably, probably. Because yeah, I'll say this, and I mean this in all honesty, I used to work at the Roosters Leagues Club in the gaming area mm-hmm. many, many years ago. Mm. And I used to see quite a few journos there. Yeah. They weren't scooping for stories. No. They were on the poker machine. Yeah. Right. yeah. I find poker machines boring. Huh? Oh, they, they are very boring. They're just boring. But they would be the only things that respond to the touch of a rugby league journo. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, so there we go. Well, we'll have to get it off my back. Um, I suppose we move on now. We're going to do the round preview or have we got some more news we want to get through first i don't know what's going on um th- no that's the only thing that really you know jumped out at me during the week there was a a uh a story that another one of the journalists said where they they wrote that the brisbane broncos when they released jermaine asako to and it was funny i don't know if you saw this the other day i so, did i did but go on okay so there was a there was a, a media type up in Brisbane that said, you know what, Jermaine Asako is about to get released by the Broncos. He's going to the Parramatta Eels. He's going to the Parramatta Eels. It's breaking news. Done deal. He tweets that. Yeah. Because he wants to be famous. A little bit later, maybe within the hour even, yeah. Jermaine Asako signs with the Gold Coast Titans. And when I say signs, I mean, is there in the Gold Coast uh, polo top shaking the hands of the club CEO? You know, like it was a done deal. That, so That's legit. Yeah, so the the media type that had broken the news said, um, big drama, he's turned down the eels and he's gone to the Titans. And it's like, that's not a big drama, you got it wrong. But these people can't even say that they got it wrong. Anyway, so from that, um, Paul Kent comes out and he writes an article, or maybe he said it on NRL 360, I read it on a a News Limited thing where he said that uh, the Brisbane Broncos are using a loophole in the salary cap rules. And that loophole is that if a player leaves your club and you're not paying them, then you've got more money to spend under the salary cap for this year, and you can use that money and put it towards players that are already at your club. And that's a loophole. That's a loophole. That's a loophole. The, the salary cap itself and the, the way it functions is an actual loophole. The Yeah, the, the most basic level of salary cap functioning is a loophole. I mean, this is the the function that we all understand, that money you don't spend is money you have. Yeah, and that you can spend on you other see, players. This this is the this is something that you don't get when all you do is feed your money into a poker machine. True. That's true. They don't get it. That's true. Um, so they were the, the two things that jumped out at me. The other thing is that the New Zealand Warriors are hoping to play home games in New Zealand very soon because the New Zealand government has lifted restrictions and started treating their citizens like fucking adults again. 
So that was nice to see. Hopefully we get some news from the Warriors soon. That would be great. Mm. Long overdue. Yep. Um, all righty. We'll get into this round preview then, shall we? Yeah, yeah. Let's and look, we're going to mix it up because we've got, we've got late mail. So you're going to, you want to tune into this. We've got all the info. This is fantastic. All right. So, uh, let's see. The round kicks off on Thursday night. Dragons versus Sharks, local derby. Excellent. So I tell you what, the Sharks are favorite in this one on Palmer Bet. Yep. Palmer Bet give us all the odds. Go to palmerbet.com. Uh, so the Sharks are at $1.75. And the Dragons at two dollars ten. Uh, on handicap betting, the, sh- the Dragons get one point five points head start. And Pretty close. Still, yeah, and still people are going into the Sharks there. They've dropped down to one eighty five. The Dragons are one ninety five with that handicap betting. All right. Well, Andrew McCulloch is out. Mm-hmm. He's got an elbow injury, and he's going to be replaced at hooker by Moses and by. Oh wow. Yeah, and for me that's. That's uh, that's not good for the Dragons. No, that's pretty straightforward. You'd think that the, um, uh, the Sharks would win that one pretty comfortably. Especially given the Sharks have got that huge forward pack, especially mm-hmm. off the bench. They're mm-hmm. going to run at him. And I'm not saying that Moses and is a bad defender. He's okay enough, but he's okay for a 5'8 or a halfback, which is where he usually plays. Mm-hmm. At hooker, a lot different. He's going to have huge humans running at him all day. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be quite a test of him there. Um, Jackson Ford and Jack Gachewski are the new faces on the bench. Um, that's about it for them. For the Sharks, Ronaldo Molotalo got a head knock last week, so he's out, and Ikevalu comes in on the wing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Talakai will, will replace Tig Wilden on the bench. Um, Talakai's got a little bit more uh, versatility about him. Then Wilton. Wilton's just a, a big, powerful unit. Mm. Talakai's still got that powerful running, but he can also move into the centres if need be. He's just got a little bit more um, agility laterally when it comes to defence as well. So he's he can be handy out there as well. So he's actually not a bad um, spot on the bench. Um, Braden Trindles also comes into the side as well. Uh, he'll I be on the bench they, as well. I can't believe they didn't start Trindle at half-back. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but yeah, it's working so far at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sharks have got an interesting bench here because they've got Tolman and Fafita. Oh, two decent-sized bodies in the forwards, experienced props as well. But then you've got McInnes and Trindle as well. And I don't know about that. It seems a bit odd. Um, That's a strange one. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. Who have you tipped in this game? I'm going Sharks on this one. Yeah, I can't go past the Sharks either. I know that the Dragons played pretty well against the Panthers, but I just feel as though that was about as good as they could play. And there's, I think that there's a little bit of improvement left in the Sharks. Yeah, I think they've still got uh, quite a bit more, to be honest. Because um, every week they seem to be coming, you know, certain plays start to click a little bit more with... Um, mm with Hines at half there. So it's starting to work a little bit better. And they will gradually keep improving. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that'll that'll happen there. Um, no surprises. George Burgess is missing. Yeah, they look, I think that they maybe, you know, read the writing on the wall a little bit with that one. I think they were going to play him, and yeah. they decided not to. Smart play. Yep. 
next, Tigers versus Warriors. I'll tell you what, we're glad we can get this shit out of the way early. I know, right? I'm not talking about the Warriors there. Yeah, so the uh, Warriors are favourites at $1.70. The West Tigers are at $2.20. And the West Tigers have a two-and-a-half-point head start in this game. They're at $1.80, and the Warriors have gone out to $2 with that handicap. So that's an interesting one. Um, I looked at this game and was like, what am I supposed to do with this one for the tipping? And I thought, look, the Warriors are, still play some of the dumbest footy I've ever seen. And the West Tigers are absolutely gutless, and they've got no heart. And I thought, you know what? I've got to go with the Warriors. Um, well, when you look at the the uh, the mail here, Mm-hmm. I think you'll realise that you've made the right choice because Jackson Hastings was found guilty of a grade two dangerous throw at the judiciary, and he's probably going to be out for about three or four weeks. Yep, yep. Last time um, I saw it was three weeks that he got. Yep. Um. Yeah. He's uh, you know, and he he was the one that was trying to guide him around the park, and that leaves it up to Mister Fucking Missing there at, you know, in number seven. So yeah, I, I just you think that the Warriors should get the win. But you never know with the Warriors. Like, the Warriors might turn up. They might do something absolutely stupid that makes their own, you know, fans pull their hair out. You just don't know. We don't know. Um, so the interesting thing is going to be who's going to go to six because that's, that's a big hole. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it could be Jock Madden, who's a young a young halfback. They might put him at six and let him try and organise things for Brooks. Mm-hmm. Or they could go with something that might be a bit more disastrous, but tempting, especially with Tim Sheens hanging around, and put Tyrone Peachy at six. I was I was wondering if they would put Dane Laurie at six. Who would you put at fullback then? I don't know. Yeah. See, <laughs> I think they'll either go with Peachy at six. Mm. I think they'll be tempted to do that, and it would be disastrous because Peachy doesn't run plays, and that's what you need for with, with anyone who has to partner Luke Brooks. Yeah. Um, or they'll go with Madden, and Madden is a pretty good halfback, um, and he can organise, and he knows how to like use his mouth and make voices and noises come out of it, which would be foreign to the West Tigers um, squad yeah. to hear that from someone in the halves. But they'll, um, be out. they'll be like, what's this guy in the halves doing? Well, hey, hang on, who's talking? What's going yeah. on? <laughs> we don't usually do <laughs> this while we're playing footy. They'll be saying, dude, shh. <laughs> you ruin it for all of us. Yeah. We're in the library. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, Hastings being gone, I think that's going to hurt him an awful lot. Um, James Tamo, Luke Garner, and Jacob Little all come back into the side this week. And um, impressive youngster, Kelman Tuolagi, is going to be out because he had that head knock. Yeah. Uh, for the Warriors, Nick Arima's back at halfback. Um, Adam Fanul Blake has been named despite being, I suppose he had a, a mild hand injury. I wouldn't be surprised if he plays again anyway. Um, so, yeah, it's it'd be interesting to see how that, that works out. I think Nicarim will be okay in this game. It could be just the most bludgy game ever, or it could be the most entertaining game so far this season, just for the fact that, like, depending on what you want to see, and if that happens, it could be amazing. But who did you pick? I'm, look, I'm I'm going to go with the Warriors. The, the the problem they've got here is that the the weak spot to target for the Tigers is obviously Nofaluma and Roberts. Yeah. And the Warriors 
players out on that side don't fill me with great hope that they can exploit that a great deal. Yeah. Um, but you don't need to be that good to exploit it. So, you know, they should win. <laughs> <laughs> Simple. I mean, seriously, I mean, I could put my daughter and myself up there. We could probably put two tries past James Roberts. Yeah, you'd think so. You'd yeah. think so. He's, um, he's very good at running backwards. Oh, very fast too. Yeah. Um, Rabbitohs versus Roosters, second game on Friday. Okay, so the Roosters are heavy favourites for this one. So they're at $1.60, and the Rabbitohs are at $2.35. For the, for the handicap betting, the Rabbitohs have a four-and-a-half-point head start. They're at $1.80, so a bit of money's been taken there. And with the four-and-a-half-point handicap, the Roosters are out to $2. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Tani Milne has been named at centre with Jackson Paulo on the wing for the Bunnies. Uh, Cam Murray's been named to start after he played on the bench last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for the Roosters, Angus Crichton will be on the bench and that Butcher will be in the run-on side. Um, and as we've seen so far, Connor Watson and Drew Hutchison have been, you know, one's on the bench, one's at hooker, and they keep switch, switching them around, so that's probably going to happen. Um, Tupanua had a head knock. I think they're still waiting to see whether he's going to get past fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jerry Manu had a bit of a, a knee complaint, but it looks like he's been named anyway. So, And this is that rematch from that, obviously, the big clash last year where uh, Manu got his face smashed in. Yeah. So that, that'll be interesting to see um, how both sides handle that. But I, the thing about South Sydney is I've got to see it. Like, uh, so far there's been... They just look like a shell of themselves, and you had to expect that a little bit because they lost, you know, their coach. They lost uh, their halfback and a very good leader off the bench in Benji Marshall as well. So they're missing quite a bit of just experience overall in the club. Yeah, it feels like there's... I need to see that they can do something still with what they've got. Yeah, I fully agree with what you're saying there. Um, I was going to say, it feels like there's a bit of a disconnect between the backs and the forwards. And a lot of that comes from, as you said, like the loss of Reynolds. Yeah. Um, and Walker seems confused as to what his role is now. Like, do I be the playmaker and help out my young halfback or do I just keep doing what I used to do? And yeah. he's sort of in this limbo area and who knows what he's supposed to do at the moment. And Damien Cook's not playing at his best, hey? No, no, that's right. Uh, it's... I don't know what's going on there, to be honest. Something's changed with the way they play the game, and it's it's almost like Cook's being coached to not play his natural game so much. Yeah, he's. I mean, his instinct when he was at his best was just run, 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 run. Yeah. And it, that's – I don't know if he's been told that, you know, that's not as effective anymore for the way that they're playing the game or the way the rules are or something, but he just – it, you know, he doesn't scare you like he used to when you play against South Sydney. No, that's right. Um, so, yeah, I've gone for the Roosters in that one. Yeah, same here, same here. All right, next on Saturday, Panthers v Knights at Carrington Park. Now, hang on a second. I've got to move past this one. So, Panthers versus Knights. We've got the Panthers as heavy favourites. They're at $1.25. They're up against the Knights, who are at $4. Um, the Knights have a 10.5-point head start. 
They're at $1.93. With the handicap of 10.5 points, the Panthers have had a little bit of money go to them. So they're at $1.87. There's there's a few injury concerns for the Panthers, but it's hard not to tip them. Until they, they lose, I know they've got a lot of players out and a lot of injuries and stuff, but until someone can beat them, it's hard to tip against them. Tell you what, though, I think the the ten and a half start to the Knights is is high. Yeah, so do I, I don't I don't think it's going to be that one sided. No, because um, Kalen Pong is back this week, mm-hmm. um, and look, Nathan Cleary's been named on the extended bench. Doesn't mean he's going to get named, yeah. you know, and run on the field, but he is there, which means they must be thinking he's pretty much close to um, to be ready to play very, very soon. Yeah. Um, James Fisher-Harris had a bit of a uh, shoulder complaint, but it's not ruled him out. But uh, I dare say they'll probably keep an eye on him. Um, Daniel Saifidi has back come back, he's coming back from a leg injury, and that will move Mitch Barnett to the second row which will help to cover the loss of Lachlan Fitzgibbon, who did his knee. Uh, I'll tell you what, if the Panthers can get James Fisher-Harris out in the field, I, I think they're going to be really hard to beat in this one. He, he's the key play for me. Um, you know, they, they've got a lot of depth in the forwards, but he is kind of head and shoulders above, I think, most front, front rowers in the game. So um, to have him in the side... You know, and there's also a thing of, like, I think when you've got a leader like him, and it's weird to call him a veteran leader because he's not that old, but, um, you know, when the other players can look around and their, you know, their premiership winning prop forward is still there, I think that that's, it just gives everyone else confidence that they're going to get the job done. Yeah. The other thing that's interesting, too, about this night side, and because I don't agree with the, the decision to put him there, is Kurt Mann at lock. Mm-hmm. It might actually not be too bad in this game, given that the the Panthers aren't a team that has this immensely huge forward pack. I'm not yep. saying they're small either, though. They've got almost the perfect size forward pack. Yeah, they're not massive, they're not tiny, they're mobile enough, um, and very agile. And I think having man uh, at lock actually works in this case, but I think for a majority of the teams you come up against, he might come across as being a bit on the slight side. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they use him. Yeah, I guess they they're kind of hoping that he has a little bit of the Isaiah effect, where you've got a little bit of playmaking uh, coming out of the lock position. But you know, Isaiah, he's kind of a very different sort of lock at the moment. Compared he's an to- awkward thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he really is. Like to, he, to, to coin a phrase by Phil Gould. Yeah, he, look, he looks like that if you put on a suit, he should be doing your taxes. You know, <laughs> he doesn't look doesn't look like a footy player. So, um, and I can see where some teams would want that out of their lock if they're a bit short on talent in their front. You know, their forward pack, and they've got somebody that's got a little bit of size that they can chuck in there at lock, but. It's a lot to ask, you know. It's a lot to ask to get through all of that work in the middle of the field. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going with Penrith on that one. Yeah. I don't think it'll be a huge scoreline, though. No, I think it, it, they'll make Penrith work. Yeah. Um, Storm v. Eels, the past five down here in Melbourne. 
Yeah, so the Storm are favourites at $1.50. The Eels are at $2.60, which is interesting. Um, the Eels have the four and a half points head start. They're at $1.90. With the handicap, four and a half points handicap, the Storm are also at $1.90. So there's not been any movement there, but um, massive, massive underdogs to the Parramatta Eels. Uh, I wonder how Parramatta fans feel about that in round three. Well, the interesting thing here that's come across in the late news is that Harry Grant and Tyron Wishart, who would be the backup hooker because Brandon Smith has been injured, mm-hmm. um, are both going to miss this game due to, uh, I think both of them have got COVID. Oh, wow. And Brandon Smith was apparently training on Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, so he's yet to be seen if he's going to be playing or not. He has been named in the extended bench, mm-hmm. but with both, you know, both um, hooker options out, uh, you know, that that are ahead of him, it's going to be to see who they might go with there. Um, yeah, I don't... They, do have, they do have Jaden Nicarima on the bench, who I believe can cover that role. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a bit of a... That is a bit of an issue, because... Uh, Storm have always relied on good service from dummy half. Yeah, I I would be shocked if they they rushed Brandon Smith back. I feel like because uh, he broke his hand. Mm. Um, I feel like that's the sort of injury that you don't want to mess around with. You want to let that heal properly, especially for a hooker, you know. Yeah. Um, man, that's I yeah. I just couldn't I couldn't risk him at the moment. Oh, I wouldn't either. Um, also, Nathan Brown has been moved from the bench to lock, and Oregon Kafisi is moved from the uh, forward pack to the bench. No real other changes there for the um, for the Eels. They need they need to have a good game. I feel as if they get whacked by the storm in this game, their heads are going to drop pretty quickly. Keeping in mind, we we were all thinking that they'd start the season really fast. And that hasn't been the case. So, um, yeah. Tell you what, if the Storm don't have a recognised hooker, don't be surprised if they just they just run on the edges of the ruck. So there'll be no darting out from dummy half. It'll all just be a lot of one outs or you know two two passes from the from dummy half out, and just lots of running down that centre back row sort of area, um, and probably even a lot of angled runs back in towards the post. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if Nelson Asif or Solomona, for example, will be running a little bit wider. Mm. Try and wear out those edge defenders from the Eels and try and score points through there because um, that way you can let Munster and Hughes do a lot of that playmaking work that, um, you know, they'd probably let the – in you know, if they had Grant or um, or Brendan Smith there, they'd let them do that role. So having them a little bit running and playing a little bit wider, they can just let the halves take a little, all that uh, pressure off their makeshift hooker if they've got one coming in. Yeah, it makes you wonder if the Storm are going to bring in some kid that no one's ever heard of. And, like, in about six months from now, he's... Pine test football? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We signed, I was going to say he's signing for the, the Dolphins for, like, $500,000 this season. <laughs> That's the sort of stuff they do. It's like, oh, man, they lost Slater, and then Pappenhausen's now out, and it's, oh, they're, they're stuck. Who have they got? Who's this Nico Hines? Who's this dude? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm going with the, with the Storm on that one. Yeah, I had to go with the Storm as well. 
Uh, next, last game on Saturday is Canberra Raiders versus the Gold Coast Titans. So the Raiders are favourites for this one, which is a little bit surprising. They're at one dollar fifty-eight. Uh, sorry, they're at one dollar sixty-eight. The Titans are at two dollars twenty. Uh, the Titans have a two and a half point head start. They're at one dollar eighty-seven. So there's been a little bit of money there. That doesn't surprise me. And with the two and a half points handicap, the Canberra Raiders are at one dollar ninety-three. Now, for the Raiders, their wingers, Nick Cottridge and Jordan Rapana, are both back mm-hmm. um, with, you know, obviously they've replaced Schiller and Seb Chris. Um, Brad Schneider has cleared his COVID protocols and he's expected to line up at seven. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, the Titans are a bit of a worry. They've, they've named... Um, Parramatta Eels recruit Jermaine Asako on the bench well, when there is extended reserves. Yeah, well, you know, he's one of those great Parramatta players. I've, I loved his move to Parramatta, so he's going to go well for them. He for will, the, yes. For the Titans. Um, but they're, they're basically unchanged, the uh, the Titans. Um, they, they did sort of – they phased in and out of that game against the Warriors last week pretty badly. Mm-hmm. Um so they'll be looking to try and make sure they don't do that as badly here. Uh, it's a very similar sort of opposition. Yeah. The Raiders. So um, Canberra does play a little bit better down, down in Canberra, though. So they, it, it's a tricky one, this one. Again, on on, on paper, it's the Titans, but yeah. uh, I, I don't know. You know, these dudes are going from the Gold Coast to Canberra, so they hate their lives about 15% more just yeah. on the trip. Um, I I went, I went tipped the Titans, though. I couldn't tip against them for this one for the simple fact that, you know, the Raiders, they don't have a halfback. Um, they've got one less hooker, although I think that having Starling there rather than Hodgson's good, it is one less hooker. And uh, I just feel as though the Titans, if they can just have some consistency in their 80 minutes, they're gonna they're gonna win a game really well against an inconsistent team. I think that these two teams are inconsistent over 80 minutes, so I'm kind of backing the Titans to be more consistent than the Raiders will be. I'm I'm going with Canberra. Mm-hmm. I don't see too much difference between the two teams. Um, Whiten and Brimson are. Genuinely, I mean, they're fullbacks who became five eights, and they're ball runners first and foremost. Mm. Um, the halfbacks for both sides are virtually unknown. Brad Schneider and Toby Sexton. Um, the difference for me is Starling is a better hooker than Clark for the Titans, and Canberra has um, that unique skill set that Elliot Whitehead has, and they've got him at lock. Whereas the uh, Titans have just got these. Big humans. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah, that's... Because um, they're agile humans as well. But Tino, Fafita, and uh, Bo Firma, who plays a bit more like, one of, you know, those old school back rowers who could also slot in at centre or, you know, an English centre. Mm-hmm. Um, he sort of fits that mould a bit, whereas the... Yeah, the Canberra's are a little bit more uniquely skilled. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's going to be many points in this game. Oh, are you there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry, you cut out for a second. Or maybe That's I... all right. It was probably not important. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with Canberra to win. There you go. 
Yeah. Okay. So we're we're tipping a bit differently for that. What about Jermaine Asako? Like, where do you think they will play him in this lineup? Because I can't move Jaden Campbell from fullback. Getting him as a winger, it feels a little bit of a waste. I wonder if they're going to try and get him as into the centres. Maybe. I wouldn't be surprised if they push Sammy out and put Asako on the wing there. And there's nothing against Sammy. I just think the club looks like they want uh, they want to stick with Marju because he's just a, one of those big, powerfully built wingers. Mm-hmm. I think they probably want Asako on the other side. Um, as I can't see them taking Campbell out of the team. No. no. Or moving him from fullback, for that matter. No. Um yeah, unless their plan is to put Brimson at seven and Campbell at six and put Osaka at fullback. Uh, I don't know that I'd want Jaden Campbell in the front line. Oh, God, just, no. God, yeah. no. I wouldn't want him in there at all. But, you know, that's the sort of shit that might happen. Who knows? Just uh, on this game, like, it would be really, really nice if David Fafita would turn up in this game because he would have the ability to get them the victory. If he just plays well within himself and, you know, he just doesn't turn up to a lot of their performances. It's really weird. Do you find that sometimes he hangs out um, a bit wider on the Ellis Corridor? Well, I was thinking this in uh, the All-Star game. Remember in the All-Star game, you made that Mm. break down the sideline. I was thinking, like, does this dude just want to be a centre? Because if he wants to be a centre... Just put him out the centres. Yeah. Like, no one would want to face up against him as a centre because he's just so massive. And if that's where he's most comfortable, just, you know, give him the run out there. Like, he's not going to be worse defensively than some of the centres we've got in the game. No. No, that's right. He's, uh, I don't know, he's he's, he's getting very close sometimes to renaming that Ellis Corridor the Fafita Corridor. The Fafita Corridor. Although I would say the Fafita Corridor is about 15 metres infield from the uh, Ellis Corridor. And in some, usually, that, usually, usually. Yeah, and in saying that, it's only one foot in from the sideline. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he's at least on the field of play. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, so the next game we've got here is the Broncos versus the Cowboys. So the Broncos are favourites to no surprise. They're at $1.50. The Cowboys are at $2.60. Uh, the Cowboys have the five and a half point head start. They're at $1.93. And a bit of money is coming for the Broncos with five and a half points handicap. They're at $1.87. Uh, it, this could weirdly be an awesome game. And I think we might see uh, Jason Tamalolo go into beast mode, which would be awesome. Uh, but I can't see the Cowboys beating the Broncos. I think there's a bit too much class in this Broncos side compared to the Cowboys. Um, yeah, so the Broncos are unchanged. For the Cowboys, Ruben Cotter comes onto the bench to replace Mitch Dunn, who had a... Uh, Knee injury, which is ruling me off the rest of the year. Um, that's pretty much the only real change here. So the big, the big problem I see here for the for the Cowboys more than anything is Cohen has a prop because I just don't see the he, he lost that lateral movement side to side. Yeah, and I worry that having someone like Payne Haas 
his opposite number. Yeah. He's got some good footwork for a huge unit. It's not going to take much to just get to Hess's weak shoulder and get through it. Mm-hmm. I think that's a problem that they we might find that the uh, the Broncos might try and target that a little bit. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going with the going with the Broncos on this one. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they play with Adam Reynolds having another week under his belt. I don't think it's going to take him too long at all. To how do you think you'll go up against Chad Townsend? <laughs> I think you'll be fine. <laughs> You know, Chad Townsend will come up with his regulation three, like what the fuck is he doing plays, um, which will be which will be, be dish it to Dearden, dish it to McLean, or dish it to Tormalolo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, occasionally kick on the last. I tell you what, Tormalolo versus Payne Haas. Like I just want to see those two go head to head in this game. That would be awesome, and I fi- I really do like Tomalolo's on the verge of. It's going to be in the next few weeks. He's going to make some opposition team look terrible. Having said that, though, I I think that this young Broncos pack is they're a pretty handy side. Like they're they're a, and they play as a pretty good pack. Um, we'll see if they can continue their their good start to the year. Absolutely, and worth noting too that uh, in the front row we'll have Haas versus Hess. Expect a commentator to fuck that up. That's why you're here, Andrews. That's why you're an expert. There, there should be odds on that. <laughs> there should be. The Haas head. The, the Haas, Hess, like he'll score. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, is this the last game? Yeah, the last game of the round. Manly versus the Bulldogs. So the Manly Seagulls are at the favourites. They're at $1.25. Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs are at $4.00. The, the Bulldogs have a 10.5-point head start at $1.90, and the Seagulls have the handicap of 10.5 points at $1.90 as well. So not much movement there, but this is a weird one, man. I Like, I went with the Seagulls just because, you know, they really should win this one, but I don't have too much faith in how they're playing and I feel like the Bulldogs are just going to get a little bit better every single week, even though they haven't got a coach. Um, but is it too early in the season for them to jag that that sort of, you know, win over a more fancied opponent like that? I don't know. I'm going for the Bulldogs because I like to pick at least two Smokies every week. Okay. One of them is usually the West Tigers. <laughs> but I've not picked the West Tigers this week, so I've got to go with the Bulldogs. Okay. Um. I, I, I've got a feeling that this is going to be a bit closer than the odds are going to suggest. Um, both sides are basically unchanged from last week. Uh, Dylan Walker had a head knock. Uh, he'll be monitored. I don't see what he offers mainly. I don't see what he offers any team in the NRL anymore. But you know, I'll keep putting him there. I'd rather see, you know, anyone really. Yeah, uh, another young forward on the bench. Um, but we'll see how that goes. The the Bulldogs got a pretty big team picked for this game, so they're expecting an awful lot of traffic coming through the middle. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see Hetherington be a footballer and just get some of that shit out of his game. Yeah, he's he's quickly becoming a liability and a liability that a good team 
And eventually the Bulldogs will get to be a good team. That A good team is going to say, nah, too much hassle, get rid of him, let him be someone else's problem. Yeah, uh, look, I'm a huge fan of him. I like the way he plays the game. I like the aggression he uses. But sometimes he just does something. You just go, what the fuck are you doing? Mm. And you, you've got to get rid of that out of your game a bit. Um, yeah, I'm thinking that the Bulldog spine is starting to show signs of understanding each other a little bit better every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's still, I reckon there's still probably about three or four weeks away from starting to properly clicking there if they can stay fitting on the field and, and not getting trounced and staying competitive all the time. So that's, that's working their favour. Um, yeah, having, also, geez, to be the pen guy as well, those two blokes can just knuckle down and just focus on playing good, strong football, run really strong lines. They're going to trouble any team. Yeah, and look, the thing, Tevita Pangai, when he first come onto the scene, he was, I mean, people were talking about him and Payne Haas and probably had bigger raps on him. Um, and then he went a little bit off the rails there at the Brisbane Broncos. He came down to the Panthers last year and he kind of wondered what he was going to offer the Panthers and he was an absolute model citizen and played a super key role in their finals campaign. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to play in the grand final. Otherwise, he would have been there. But, um, it, like, and that now he's gone to the Bulldogs and there's things that you've seen him do, even in the, it's very early in the season, but you've seen some of the bad habits that he had there at the, at the Broncos sort of creeping back in. And it makes you wonder about some players, how they just need the right environment. And look, the right environment being the premiers, <laughs> they, like the, you know, most most players will find that being at the premiership winning team that year is the right environment. But uh, I don't know. I, I think that if, you know, we went into a Panthers side that had a real focus about it and it obviously helped his footy and we didn't see him do anything over the top. Like he wasn't playing outrageously brilliant football, but what he did is he bettered down all of the, you know, the consistent consistency and not missing as many tackles. And, you know, his, his fitness looked really good and things like that. Just the real basic stuff because of that, he was really, really valuable. Yeah. And I, I worry that that has now slipped out of his game. There's no doubt he's got insane talent. I mean, I remember there was a period there where he was being compared with Tom Malolo's for his explosive running style and, you know, what he can provide for a team. Um, so you know where his ceiling is. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty high ceiling. Yeah. So that's, he just needs the right coach to keep him focused on playing footy. That's all he needs. Yeah, it's a shame that the Bulldogs don't have a coach, a first-grade coach. That is a problem. I'll tell you a story. I was up in uh, North Queensland. I was in Airlie Beach, and they've got a a pub there. And I was with a friend of mine. Uh, You've heard her on the podcast before. It was Kirsty from uh, St. Helens. And uh, we were at this pub, and I start drinking heaps, right? And we're watching the footy. And I am apparently – and I don't remember this. Apparently, I was rambling so much about – Tavita Pangai Jr. and how he was my favourite young player in the game. And I'm just, every time he gets the ball, I'm like, look at his footwork. Oh, look at him get through the line. And, ah, oh, he's got an offload and stuff like that. I don't remember any of it. <laughs> That's because that was all lies then. 
<laughs> yeah, I think she was lying to me. Yeah, huh? It's all lies. All yeah. lies. You'd never have said that. You would have remembered it if you said it. Obviously. I mean, I drink like a gentleman. Absolutely. So, I'm feeling a bit tipsy, ma'am. I think I should stop. <laughs> the way I remember it, I was wearing a tuxedo. Yes. And uh, in the corner, there was some dogs playing poker. As as I would expect. <laughs> People were having tea nearby. Yeah. I, I, one of the things apparently that happened is when we were walking back to where we were staying, um, there was a seafood place on the way and it looked really good. And so it's the only time I've ever waited in line at a restaurant and it's because I was drunk. I was just didn't care, you know. <laughs> so wait in line and uh, I think she got scallops and I got um, – just, I, I was like, I don't care what you get me, just get me fish and chips, <laughs> right? So they bring out some sort of fish and chips, and apparently I inhaled it. Good work. Yeah, and I said it was really nice. I can't really remember it. No, it would have tasted like every other fish and chip shop that's every five metres apart from the next one. Pretty much. I, I can't remember how much it cost. I, I just yeah. About 35 pounds. Well, it was in Australia. <laughs> this is in LUH, so, um, yeah. There we go. Good times. The best times on holiday are the parts that you don't remember. Exactly right. It's not a good holiday if you can remember it. Exactly. Exactly. There we go. Now, um, there was one other bit of news that's kind of, that came about today. Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard about what um, the Thelmia Roosters have been up to? No. Uh, they've made a couple of high-profile signings given the uh, level of competition that they're in. Mm-hmm. They've signed Blake Ferguson and Curtis Scott. Wow, well, that's cool. Who are they playing next week, Park Lee? <laughs> I'm not sure, but um, apparently eight members of the Our Boys Network have handed in their memberships in protest. Well, and you know what, Andrew? It's about time we see something like that in the game because yeah. too many of these lower-grade sides, their coaches will bring in people that aren't the right people for a community club, and no one sees shit about it. Everyone's just focused on what they will get out of them on the field. So I'm happy to see that the old boys club has stood up and said, no, this isn't what our club represents. So it says here that um, their game this weekend will be against Picton, who boasts former Kangaroos forward Tony Williams. Oh, man, Tony Williams has gone <laughs> off the map, hasn't he? We've got to get into this Group 6 competition. It looks like there's plenty of uh, plenty of talent there. Yeah, I mean, ooh, I reckon that uh, you could get a good 15, 20 minutes out of me playing out of hooker, quick out of the, quick off the mark, using my sprinting from when I was a winger. From when you were a beach sprinter? Yeah, well, I wasn't quite a beach sprinter. I'm from Penrith. Beach is scammy, but, um, you know, I could, I could do something. Picton. Imagine having a like, – fucking Picton's the sort of place you drive past and you're glad that you don't have to go there. Well, now you can stop there and check out the uh, check out the T Rex that's there. No, you don't. You just keep fucking <laughs> driving. It's not worth it. The only, time, the only time I've ever gone to Picton is there was a big accident on the uh, the Hume Highway going down that way, and there was this they the detour took an extra hour. It would just do, yes. Detour, yeah, it was crazy, and I ended up driving through Picton, and I was like, "Oh, this Picton, hey, fucking sucks." <laughs> You're a fan? Ah, oh, fan of driving past it. Well, we're already well, like, uh... There's some places around our country I really don't like, hey? 
So I assume then that that's pretty much it for the uh, the the uh, round preview. It is, yes, yes. Have we is. got any emails? We do. We've got two emails. Uh, I've been logged out of the email uh, machine, so I'm logging back into it now. It's okay. People will uh, will be fine for you to uh, piss fart around trying to get back on. <laughs> okay, so let me find the first one. Um, no, that's not the first one. The first one is no, that's not the first one. The first one is this one. No, no, that's not the first one. Hang on, let me find the first email. Uh, Can I just say I've been watching um, the Twitter feed for the um, celebrity boxing that's on tonight. Yeah, and there's a great tweet there I saw. Um, says, congrats to Raheem Mundine, who becomes the first West Tigers player to score a win this year. <laughs> wow. That, those old fucks still haven't fought, and it's 11 o'clock, eh? Yeah, oh, geez. A bit late now. They're yeah. probably in the pokies. Yeah, probably. Um, okay, so the first the first email we have here is from Nui Ash, one of our regular emailers, and the subject is NRL bloggers. And he says, hi, lads, Asako to the Titans. How hilarious is it that not one of the useless NRL journalists from any organization had a whiff that this was even on the cards, let alone about to happen? Fergo, has your opinion of the Broncos potentially making the eight yet this year changed at all since the preseason? I'm feeling pretty good with my Broncos top eight predictions so far. I imagine Freaky is also. I am. Um, the Bulldogs, I feel like the difference between Burton at the Panthers compared to the Dogs is the amount of space he has to work with. He looked great so far this season and his kicking game has been outstanding, but there has been a bit of throw the ball to him and see what he can do. The well, that, that's that's a Trent Barrett thing. That <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of Trent Barrett's game plan is, well, you're on your own. Yeah, you guys uh, figure it out. I just got you together. Listen, you've got seats. That's all that worries me. I've been to Bunnings. I've done the hard yards. The dogs what do you want from me, people? The dog's forward pack has been making good yardage, so what is the missing element? Is it a quality dummy half service or a lack of another quality half to support him? Is their play the ball speed too low? Are opposition defence targeted him? Cheers, Ash. I think it's all of those things. Look, they do... They do use their middle forwards. I hate that term. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, their their props and their lock and their their rotation bench players as well in that area. They do use them an awful lot um, all game. So there's not a great deal of variety in their attack when it comes to the start of the set um, yeah. and just making meters. And so because they're using their their big men in the middle so much, it does mean that the play of the ball will be a bit slow, so it allows the defence to especially make make a metre and a half and cut down that gap that the attack's got to move in. And that's that's the thing you, you need to be a bit sharper about. That's why you have, you know, you have a prop do a hit-up, then a second row, then a prop, then a second row. You try and speed up one play of the ball so you can have a slightly slow on the next time around and so on and so forth. And you try and keep that... Um, it, because you're stagnating the the speed of the play of the ball, you're essentially trying to catch the defence offside to get a penalty, and then off you go upfield. That's kind of how it works. It doesn't come off all the time, but that's kind of the plan, especially with the the set restarts. 
Um, saw a lot of teams really exploiting that really well last year, and others were still confused over hey, what's the whistle for. Yeah. Um, like Canberra and the West Tigers, obviously, were two teams that didn't understand how to, you know, exploit the set restart stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that's kind of a bit of all of that. As you know, they've got pretty much an almost, you know, new spine there that have got to work together for the first time. You know, a new halfback, a new full, a new yeah, a new fullback. Um, let's not forget that um, Marshall King at hooker. I'm pretty sure he spent most of his junior career playing in five eighth, and he got moved to a hooker when he went to the Bulldogs because they didn't have anyone else. So I don't think, for me, I don't think it's entirely a natural position for him. It's something that he's learning how to do as well, and he's learning it on the field as he's playing. And sure, he's been doing it for I think two seasons now, but still, it's going to take time, um, especially when he's going to get his halves changing all the time, as has been happening. So when when the squad settles down a bit, you'll start to see they start to get a bit of a roll on and they start figuring out momentum and how to get it to come their way a bit more often and a bit more naturally. And then you'll start to see the performances come behind it. And the other thing every opposition coach will be saying to a team too is like, you stop Burton, the Bulldogs have not much else behind them. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So. And as for the Broncos, I'm uh, they're a young side and young sides do have quite a record of fading late in the season. So I'm I'm still – look, don't get me wrong. They're playing well at the moment, and they've got a lot of potential to finish in the eight. I've got no doubt about that. But I think this year may not be that year. I do expect them, as I said in the preview, I do expect them to be much better this year and competitive for the majority of the season, to, you know, for the spot in the eight. And, and look, I picked them fifth, and right now I'm like, look at me, bruh. How brilliant I am. <laughs> oh, there you go. I'm, I'm celebrating their current success. <laughs> I feel like this is what Parramatta and the Dragons feel like every single year, hey? <laughs> That's right. <clears throat> so our second email is from Lightning McQueenbeant. Uh, the subject is, I'm not angry, I'm disappointed. And the message body is, g'day cunts. Going to vent my spleen a bit here, so strap in. Andrew, why did you neglect us? What did we do wrong? Neglect who? Us, the listeners. So oh. I, I said I said when you weren't here for the podcast, I said that everyone should send you messages. And I should say that those messages should be like, just it's all right that you're not on the podcast. It's fine. We all understand. You're a bit busy at the moment. And I told them whatever they do not to to emotionally manipulate you, or destroy you in any way, because I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I see, I see. Well, um, I assume this was the weekend before last? Well, this is a new email. He's just asking questions. Oh, wait, okay. wait, it's so defensive, Andrew. I'm trying to figure out when it happened so I can try and um, create some sort of bullshit excuse as to why... Just don't give a fuck. <laughs> it, was, it was while you were gallivanting through the nation's capital. Oh, right, yes. Mm. Um, yeah, let's, let's just say I had an important meeting with the Prime Minister. Mm-hmm. Is that believable? Uh, it's, it's not the worst story I've heard. Okay, let's go with that then. Okay. Um, and something to do with climate change. There you go. 
Excellent. Excellent. Work. I don't believe in climate change, by the way. I think the climate stays the exact same every single year for forever. Um, second, second point he has. Enough with the Tigers bashing, please. It's a conversation that just keeps going around in circles. They're fucked. We get it. Luke Brooks sucks. Justin Potato and the board need to go, and Madge isn't the problem. Can you only talk about them if there's serious news like someone's fired or like our Oval has been overrun by gypsies? How would we know that that's happened? That's true. Number three. You're right about Bruce Stadium. It's a shit place to get to to watch footy. Cold, miserable, and outdated, much like the Raiders' game plan. <laughs> harsh. I thought, he, I thought he was talking about all the Canberra then too. Um, this is for you, Andrew. Wow, he's really getting stuck in here. It's not like he's normal emails. This is for you, Andrew. You were in Queanbeyan and didn't tell me? What's my name? It's not Lightning McPenrith. It's not Lightning McGold Coast. It's Lightning McQueanbeyan. You fuckbag. <laughs> I, I went to the white pages. Mm-hmm. I looked under L for lightning. Mm-hmm. thought maybe he's just got a name like Prince, but it's just two words instead of one. Mm-hmm. No lightning queen being there. I went under M. Couldn't see no queen being there. And I went, well, you know, I've done all I can do. I went, I went to Seaford Oval. I thought if he's a Raiders fan, mm-hmm. he might be going here and thinking about the glory days when they got flogged and got the wooden spoon, but no, 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 he didn't do that either. So, you know, what more do you want? I went to Kmart. I can't think of anything worse to do in Queenpian than go to Kmart. Go to Kmart. I hate Kmart. I once drove. I, I really hate Kmart. I need this to yeah. be known publicly. I really, really despise that place. Why don't you like Kmart? It's full of clutter. Yeah, shit, but, shit that you just put in your house and you look at it and go, what the fuck did I get that for? What purpose does it bring my life? Nothing. I'll end up throwing it out because it's useless, stupid shit. I could have wasted it on anything else. Why did I get that crap? But don't you want to pick up some signs? No. Say dreams or love or... No, things? I don't sleep enough for dreams. Fuck that. Okay. <laughs> you don't want like a, a fake fake flowers in fake pots? No. They're made out of plastic. You don't no. want like that. You don't want some baskets to put like smelly soaps in. To put other that. baskets in? No. Yeah. yeah, you don't want nothing like that. Okay. No. What else? No. Do, would you like a bath mat? Aren't bath mats wonderful? I don't. I've got a bath purely for someone else to use when we sell the house. So I don't use a freaking bathtub. You know what I find weird about bath mats? You've got a drain in the floor for the water to go. Yeah. And you chuck a fucking mat down that gets wet every time. Over it. <laughs> it stops the water from getting to the drain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> These are the things. Listen, okay, okay. Ladies, we designed everything and invented everything. And you keep <laughs> fucking it up with your shit, all right? With your fucking, your, your bath mats and your little hand towels and stuff. Why do we need hand towels? That's what the small of our back is for, you know? <laughs> That's why our T-shirts cover that part, so we can wipe our hands on the back of our T-shirts and fucking get on with life. Yeah, it's the part of the shirt we don't get to use for anything else. Yeah. That's why it's there. You wipe your hands on it. And it's like, okay, okay, so we designed, now we've designed TVs that are beautiful black squares of nothing but light and, and just everything you want to watch. Stop trying to put shit in front of it, okay? I don't need a sign that says peace or hope. You know, or love 
or dreams or anything. <laughs> What's with word word statues? Oh, it's, it's like you look at them and go like, yeah, hope. That's right. That's what I used to have. That's, yeah, it's, that's what I used to have before I was having my house cluttered with all the shit. <laughs> you know? Uh, peace. I remember that too. Peace, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, why do we need coasters? Why do we need 50,000 fucking coasters that we can't use anyway? Because they're the show coasters. Fuck, if your table can't handle a hot coffee, you've got the wrong table. I'm sorry. Placemats, please. If you if you own a table, I want to be able to spill everything on it. I want to spill food. I want to spill body fluids on it, everything. And it's going to be fine because that's what a table is for. Well, what do you need a table for if you've got plates? Exactly. It's, oh, no. it's like do- do- fucking doilies. Like, I didn't know they still existed. Uh, that yeah, they exist. <laughs> Fucking gathering dust. Fuck. Bloody hell. Ornaments, you know. There's you, just, you sound like you've got a bit of PTSD about this stuff. I do, I do. <laughs> Fucking smelly candles, cushions. Why the fuck would you fill a couch with cushions? That every time you've got to sit down on the couch, you've got to move 50,000 cushions and you end up with like a handful of fucking cushions sitting next to you like it's another entity. Stop with the fucking cushions, ladies. Build a wall. Ah, oh, you can out of the cushions. Yeah. I, I don't get the cushions thing. And that's all at Kmart sells. Yeah, that, all, that's, all that, that shit. That and T-shirts that have like Metallica on the front that you can wear once and they fall apart. <laughs> And that are way too big. Way, way too big. Yeah, they start at 19XL and go up from there. And why is there like one third of Kmart that looks like people just went there to kick a soccer ball around? Like, it's like, oh, look, there's a, a little a kid swing. And it actually looks like kids have been coming here and swinging on it all day. Or they've been kicking a soccer ball around. Or, you know, all these these shoes just everywhere. Fucking shoes. Like... Can't people just buy the shoes and take them home to wear them? No, they get them out and they put them on their dirty feet. <laughs> Kmart, sticky yeah, socks. I'm with you. Fuck Kmart. Yeah, Kmart's horrid. Disgraceful place. What's worse, Kmart or Big W? No, I don't mind Big W. I don't mind Big W. K- Kmart is horrible. Well, you know what? The other problem that's wrong with Kmart is... It doesn't have a great range of brand stuff anymore or stuff that actually works. It's just all their cheap shit stuff. Target does this thing where they sign up some celebrity to endorse some fucking clothes and then say designer. Yeah. You know what's really weird? When I was a kid, we used to go to uh, the shopping centre because we lived in Tregear and you'd travel to the shopping centres in St Mary's because they were the main shopping centres at the time. And uh, so we would go to the, I don't even know what it's called, but there's a shopping centre there in St Mary's and Target's in there. And I dream about that shopping centre every about six to eight months, (laughs) just walking through it, walking into the car park, trying to find a car. Um, I don't get it. I've got no idea why. I just do. That's probably linked with the PTSD. Probably. I like nothing bad ever happened there. No. It's just 
I think it's because I spent so much time there as a child, you know. That could be it. That could be it. Mm. Hey, I've, I've got some important um, un rugby league news. Okay, tell me. Um, Sonny B. Williams just knocked the living shit out of some old bastard who used to play AFL. Oh, really? I don't know his name. Billy Hill or something like that. Like Benny Hill? Yeah, well, not Benny Hill. He was, he was a funny comedian. Yeah. Billy Hill is just some useless old man. Okay. Was it macho the way he did it? Oh, very macho. The way had... he fell, the way he fell down with his head knocked in. Was it? Was did you get to see the footage? Like, yeah, yeah. It's it's on on Twitter. Is so it? He, really... he copped he copped a knock to the uh, head around the ear. Yeah. From Sonny Bill, and then he started to fall forward. And he fell forward kind of onto Sonny Bill's leg. And then Sonny Bill did this sort of weird shimmy thing. Mm. It kind of looked like a, a macho dance. Okay. But he was just getting out of the way and letting this old Billy Hill fall over. I'm just going to have – I'm going to try and find uh, footage of this online. So video. Uh, not that one. It's over. Okay. Okay, so I'm watching – oh, wow. Yeah, it's – um. It's not yeah, that impressive, but it just shows uh, that. Uh, oh, that's a that's a guy that should. Oh, that's a yeah, that's a guy that shouldn't have been in a boxing ring. Yeah. That yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it, he's the youngest and most qualified boxer that Sonny Williams been up against yet. One hundred percent. That's the funny thing. That's the funny thing. It was it was one of those ones where it's like. Uh, it looked like a soft hook that sort of glanced off the back of his head and it obviously just, you know, his legs weren't working after that. That's a weird one. Yeah, but, yeah, definitely the most athletic, youngest, <laughs> most qualified person. Sprightly. That, uh, yeah, sprightly person that uh, Sonny Bill Williams has fought so far. So I guess now he's got to start looking through the uh, shelf packers of – all of the grocery shops in Greater yeah. Sydney for his next opponent. That's right. So you can find someone who's in his, maybe someone in his early 40s he might be able to go after. Yeah, one step at a time, hey? Exactly. I mean, geez, at that rate, it could be you or me. Not yeah. not early 40s. I mean, we'll be after that because, you know, we're, in our, we're still in our 30s, obviously. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we might be next on the list. That's would, if Sonny Bill's willing to fight someone younger than him. I would have fought Anthony Mundine when he went to boxing. For a big Mac meal, I used to say. See what Mundine did pretty well out of boxing, though. He did. Name one person you beat. Who cares? He made plenty of money out of it. Good on him. <laughs> he made money out of idiots that kept buying his stupid fights. Yeah, because he kept telling them how much he, um, you know, he did the whole. He played them for fools and made people want to want to watch him lose. And then I he like, kept winning, which made the desire to want him watching him lose next time around more and more deeper and deeper. And he just kept winning all the time. And they're like, I really want to watch this. Can't lose. I like the whole thing where they like he used to do this thing where it was like, oh, look, I know that I come across as a jerk that you hate and I say horrible things and stuff like that. But really, I'm a really nice guy. And it's like, you, you can't do that, man. Like it's that's but not he, how that's the thing works. though. He'd do that after a loss, and people go, "Oh, you know, he's a he's a good bloke. You know, he's just he's just you know he's just drumming up business." And then he come out for the next fight, and he goes some stuff about nine eleven something. You go, "Oh, you can't say that." And they go, "Oh, nothing." Did you just forget what happened? <laughs> Look, let's face it. It's only in the last couple of years where he stopped talking about how he should be playing rugby league. Like, yes, it's just silliness. Well, I'm surprised the Dragons didn't sign him. <laughs> I could do worse. 
probably have. That's true. Well, they've got Moses and Bly, so they've, they've proven it. Um, anyway, so back to the email that we were talking about 10 minutes ago. Uh, Lightning McQueenbean says, like I said, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Maybe next time we could catch up if you blokes are in town. I'll cook the steak. There's only one steak left. Best you'll eat for sure. Keep up the great work, and as always, fuck manly, lightning, lightning McQueen bean. All right, I'm, I'm a fan of this. I do like going to Canberra, obviously, for the War Museum. Mm-hmm. Um, being the historian that I am, so um, I'm. I will try and make an announcement the next time I'm going there on the podcast, so you know about it, mm. and you can send me a message on on Twitter, and let me know where the fuck you are, so I know where the fuck to go to find you. <laughs> You know, I'm trying to think the next time I will ever be in Canberra. Next week. Nope. <laughs> Try it. Never. No, it's not Canberra. It'll be just outside it. Well, yeah, but, like, come on now. Queanbeyan's, like, just outside of Canberra. Like, Queanbeyan is the Salford of Canberra. Yeah, I'll pay that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's also a long way to go, to go to Queanbeyan. As it is to get to Salford. Yeah, that's true. Even even from Manchester. That's true. That's How do you true. get to Salford from here? Which I, way is it? I fucking walked it. You walked all the way to Salford? I, I walked from uh, the Manchester United Stadium. And I kept seeing signs saying Salford, Salford, Salford. And I was like, fuck, I'm going to walk to Salford at night. And then I ended up uh, chatting with some St. Helens fans that had gone the wrong way as well. And we ended up getting absolutely shit-faced in a pub. As you do. Yeah, yeah. As you do. All right. I don't get, well, get, get shit-faced all the time. These are like, I can call out when I get shit-faced because it doesn't happen very often. No. Well, you know, when you're in England, I guess. Well, when you're we, England, we learned that much. When you're in England, you've got to get shit-faced because you've got to Takes your mind off being in fucking England. <laughs> you could do something to pass the time. Yeah, exactly. That's why there's a pub every twenty meters over there. It's like I, know. I can either like be out in England or I can drown my sorrows. Well, guess what happened? <laughs> Even they know. Yeah, yeah. Ah, very good. Alrighty. Should we wrap this turkey up? Given that we probably destroyed everyone's ears with the last episode yep yep i am uh i'm ready to wrap this up it's been a good episode it's been uh cathartic in on many different levels <laughs> it certainly has mm-hmm. um kmart if you want to sponsor us by all means get in touch <laughs> what's kmart's slogan who gives a fuck <laughs> <laughs> do you want to clutter your house with shit come to kmart <laughs> If that's not what it is, then that's, that's what it should be. Do you want a bin that everything falls through but it looks pretty? Come to Kmart. Yeah. The K is their weird way of saying, you know, it stands for clutter with a K. Yeah. Yeah. Clutter Mart. Anyways, um, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Make sure you check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Virgo Freak Pod. We're on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, MySpace. So check us out on all of those. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Like the videos, leave some comments. We're going to go through some more comments on there soon, just letting them rack up a little bit more, but there is plenty more on there. Um, also, make sure you go to our website, Freaky. 
The website is fergoandthefreak.com. It is a comprehensive website made by a comprehensive webmaster. Absolute webmaster. He owns all the webs. He does. And, uh, make sure you leave us a comment on there. They can do that on there. Yeah, they can go there, go to the contact section. You can leave an email through there. But the best way to leave us an email that gets read out on the podcast, you go to your email device, however you send your emails, and you put in this address, podcast at leaguefreak.com, and you do the subject, podcast. It's that easy. It's that easy. It's really Um, straightforward. Absolutely. So get in on that. That'd be fantastic. Uh, and also if you're listening to us on your podcasting or whatever you want to call it and you can leave a review on there, please go and do that so we can read those out as well. And we put them up on the podcast website and read them out on the podcast as well. So, you know, it's a little something we do for you. So go and fucking do it for Christ's sake. What are you waiting for? Exactly. Uh, big thank you to Palmerbet for providing us with the betting odds for this episode. As Absolutely. always, as always, I, I want to hear your version of this. Gamble responsibly. Gamble responsibly. Yeah, yours is a good one. Always gamble responsibly. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't bet above your head or whatever it is. Bet that one. With, bet with your head, not over it. Or or don't bet with it, or use the money that you'd use in your head. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> what would be a new one? We should make our own one up. Yeah, <laughs> I think trying to work on that. I've, yeah, I, yeah, I can't. Pull I up. fucked up the obvious ones. <laughs> yeah, that's how much I listen to those. There you go. Always make sure you bet responsibly. That's very important. Um, and yeah, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch us all next time. Palmer bet with the big. Don't argue. Punters will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle-busting benefits with great odds, more markets, and same-game multi every NRL match at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858.